Welcome to the come up, top of your game. My name is Mike. I'm here with Car. We both have uh, families. We've got over three decades in the financial industry. This is a business and lifestyle podcast, and today it's a lifestyle segment with lessons learned about living and life. Today's program, uh, our special guest is an award-winning author, Carmen Topper, who wrote Relevant Life Skills for Young Adults to share her wisdom and insights with the younger, technology-driven generation. Through her own personal trial and error, she has learned what life skills are most valuable in both personal and professional life. Carmen's travels to over 50 countries have given her a global perspective on life. Her suggestions and guidance in relevant life skills for young adults are applicable to any situation they may encounter. Well, thank you, Carmen, for joining us on today's show, The Come Up, Top of Your Game. We want to know all about you today and what has driven you to take this step in life. So Michael has four questions for you, and I think I'm going to throw a couple into his four. Well, thank you again, Carmen, for uh, stopping by and, and, and talking with us about relevant life skills. Um, what was the aim or goal of this uh uh, this project, this book, Relevant Life Skills? What were you trying to do with this? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, the whole purpose of the book really was to provide what I felt was very much needed in today's world. It's just a lot of practical information um, through through basically experiences that I've that I've had. And, you know, the book was born out of, you know, one night sitting and um, after we were in, we were in fellowship and uh, some of us shared stories about experiences that we were having um, and with younger people, because, you know, we're obviously all getting a little bit older and just some of the experiences and how some of the young generation, they really didn't know how to add. You know, you're at the register and you... Oh, well, I've seen that before. <laughs> yes. You know, the, the bill is, is $19.25 and you hand over the $20 <laughs> bill. And then after the fact, because they're very quick on the computer and they put it all in and then you pull out the 25 cents and, you know, they're, they just, no, 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 I can't do that. I already put it in the computer. And so someone in our group said, who's going to teach the kids? Who's going to show them what they're missing? Right. They and don't know math. They don't know math. Everything is, has been taught to them in a very different way that we were taught and um I and then they also, don't even they don't even uh teach um cursive writing in school anymore correct uh, because you know because you just have to uh, type everything into the computer so yeah things are changing yes yes but i i really believe that they just were not instructed they weren't taught and it's books like this that are very easy and simple to read and you can bookmark it and come back to it time after time and um, to reference it. Okay, Carmen, I know you and I spoke and one of our goal is to get this out in the public eyes. 
I I know you told me that you have tried since you've been in Naples. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, I know I'm working with some schools up here, and I'm also working with the Farmington Board. What is it that you want to see once it gets in the school? Um, what is the, you know, what is it that we're trying to teach or what's the outcome that you're looking for? Well, I believe that, you know, high school is a period for the young adults to absorb so much and going to college, I believe was a big pressure thing for students and going to college is, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have success in life. You really have to love what you want to do. Sure. And it's not necessary to be successful. I know very successful people who were, who are a hairdresser. She mm -hmm. owns her own salon. She has her own business. She employs quite a few people. And so what I'd like to see is more of the high school kids, young adults to create their own path through what they learn in school. And, yes. you know, the, the front of the book has on there, you know, a credit card, a picture of a credit card, picture of money, a home, mm -hmm. a picture of a clock and like a briefcase. And all of those are, are issues that are dealt with in the book. You know, mm -hmm. time management is something, money management, um, your home. So there's a lot of things in here that when, you know, you're 18, 19 years old and you want to go off on your own and create your own home and do what it is you want to do, that it's it's practical skills that can be put to work. Yes. But wasn't this something that parents used to teach their kids? What happened? It, just, it seems like there was some sort of a gap here and it just kind of stopped. Yes. I believe that so many families, it, it got, they all got caught up in having to go out and to work mm. and, and to provide for their families and how things became more and more expensive. And then the, the old way of, you know, one parent going out and, and working and the other one staying home to teach the kids these really relevant life skills, it just was abandoned. I think that our society went off into thinking things that, that thought they were going to bring them satisfaction and increase their knowledge, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're just talking about it, a good age, what is a good age for young people to start, you know, looking at their life and making a change? Because I know a lot of them don't do anything during the high school years. They wait till they go to college, then they're not sure what they want to do, then they drop out. So when would you say is a good time for them to start revisiting their life and try to, you know, put something in place? Well, I think it can it can start as early as high school or even, you know, the last year of, of middle school. It's going to really depend. You know, a lot of students um, perhaps studied music because they love music and they continue on in their high school years. Maybe there's students 
who uh, like to work with their hands. You know, mm -hmm. we used to have woodworking. We used to have mechanics uh, in trade schools. And I know trade schools are coming back. Here in Naples, we do have some schools that are more focused on the trades. And I think that children will begin to tell you what their passions are about. I have a friend who has two kids and one of them just loves to cook and mm -hmm. he loves to bake. Yeah. And, you know, she posts pictures and these are, I've been following them since they were like in middle school. And so if there's a passion for, you know, for baking, for cooking, for creating, because that's a very creative outlet that can be nurtured from when they're, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years old and on. Yeah, that is true. That is a very true statement. I believe kids, um, they start pretty young when they start doing the lemonade stand. That is yeah. showing that they want to have an entrepreneurship kind yes. of, you know. So, yeah, I really think it starts early. It's, it's yeah. Some of this um, um, uh, where they are not motivated, some of the young people are not motivated because it seems like, um, and I, I see you kind of touched on it in your book where sometimes people get stalled out and, and their life doesn't move forward. And it's almost like you got to get their attention and jump started and get them to focus on things. I have a 19 year old. I had to go through that last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they get kind of stalled out on things and nothing, nothing moves forward. How do you, do you address anything about motivation? Well, yes, I, I believe that When you get to that age of, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, one of the things that I see lacks, um, and I saw it in some of my own family, is discipline. Mm. And what I mean by discipline is not that, you know, well, you can't do this or you can't do that. That's not right. what I mean by discipline. What I mean by discipline is when you're at home and you create an environment for them to be proud of, mm -hmm. for example, they wake up in the morning and you insist that they make their bed. All right, come on, make your bed. That they get into that habit. I yeah. have a nephew that got into that habit. He came to visit us and he just loved the fact that he had to, his, his room that he stayed with us and how he always made his bed and made everything. And then he'd always call me in and he'd say, you know, look, he was so proud that I acknowledged him in that. And so there's little ways of motivating them because, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you make your bed and you've already accomplished something. And I think it's providing an avenue for young adults to feel that they have accomplished something. Mm -hmm. And it's one foot in front of the other. They're all baby steps. And before you know it, they'll start to look at themselves and be proud and be motivated about something and asking questions. I'm really big on asking them questions. As, as parents, as and I'm not a parent, I will say that, but I don't believe that you have to be a parent to mm -hmm. know how difficult it is to raise children. Yeah, that's um, true. And 
But when you ask them questions that, you know, as aunts, uncles, parents, we kind of know the answers to some of them, but it might instill something in them. And, you know, they might say something, have you thought of this? You know, you, you give them, because we have more experience, we have more knowledge, we have more wisdom, but all we can do is plant a seed in them. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to know if you tackle um, the the way that a lot of young people don't can't handle um, like disappointment nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the the soccer team that gives everybody um, a trophy, yeah. even the losers. Um, I was watching a game the other day and. Uh, a professional basketball team and um, they lost and these millionaire basketball player cries uh, because they lost the game. Uh, What's going on with people not handling losing failure? Uh, And what can be, what, what is the way to fix that? Or is it too late? Well, You know, they are at a disadvantage. There's no way around that because if you stop and you think about it, when you have children and you're raising them and, you know, the school environment, the environments around them are really what are raising them. Um, But I think having a real frank conversation with them when something like that happens and maybe not in the moment in time because they're so emotional, Mm -hmm. but perhaps at, you know, a little bit later time that not, you know, not that a whole lot of time has passed, but having a conversation, you know, I want to talk about what happened the other day that you were really upset about having lost whatever it was. And, you know, yeah, a game. That you <laughs> not lost the championship. It. They lost the game. And a they game. nearly broke down and, you know. Yeah, and, and you and became so you became so emotional about it. Right, right. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just like wondering why, why is it that you, you felt so emotional? Yeah. Is it, do you believe, asking them the question, do you believe that you're supposed to win at everything? And then pausing for a moment. I like, I like that. Yes. I don't think it's, I don't think this is brought up. I think this is something that really is, is kind of like being overlooked right now. And I like the way that you approach it because you, you turn it back to them and you get them to think about why they're feeling so emotional about it. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think, I, go I ahead. think that's something that I think that should be taught at an early age yeah. because when it's babies, um, yeah, when babies are young and, they're disappointed in something, they start crying, I think you need to explain to them. We think that kids don't understand between the age of two and four, but they do. If you explain it to them, they're well aware of what they're doing. You're they're developing, they're yes. developing that tantrum right then. And mm-hmm. if you don't stop it, then it just continues and go all the way up till adulthood. So yeah. you, you are spot on, Carmen. It is very on point. It does, but it does go straight to ages two to four, two to five. They totally understand. 
I have a friend right now who's dealing with a two-year-old and she throws these tantrums and she's approaching it the correct way. She's the girlfriend of the father. And the father, unfortunately, he is simply adding on to her and allowing her to have these tantrums and stuff. But you said it right on target. They do understand, but you have to, again, put them in a place. They, they, okay, you're going to have a tantrum. You put them in their room, you close the door. Then when they're calm, then you sit them down and have the conversation with them because they can think they're, they're a whole lot smarter than what we give them credit for. Yep. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I know. I have two grandbabies and they're they're between that age and, you know, their parents doing a terrific job with, you know, teaching them the proper way. So I'm really proud of my son. And, you know, so I, you know, I understand. And plus, I had my son and I know, you know, you have to teach them. That's why they always say train up a child. You know, so you train up a child doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, but they're going to remember what they were, be, you know, the, what they were being taught when they were younger. And they're watching us and yes. they're listening to us. And yes. as they grow older, you see that they were listening and watching much more than we thought. Absolutely. My, my son fooled me. I, I didn't know he was paying attention that much, but he sure um, was is doing a lot of the things that I did. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about the resume part of your book. I really love that, that you're telling these young adults that they need to build a resume, not wait till they get in adulthood, but start from, you know, being in high school or whatever, you know, um, things that they're doing. So I really like that. Yes, because, you know, they do begin to build a resume from the time they're probably in, I would say, middle school. Um, When, you know, you're babysitting, you go out and you do lawn work, Um, you know, you, you help people. All of that is creating a path for the young adult, excuse me, to... A pretty much build a resume that when they get into the high school years going to go get a job, um, they have something. And I think one of the more important things that that parents, aunts, uncles can do is to, you know, have conversations asking them about those experiences. So, you know, how how did you get that lawn customer? How did you approach them and what did you do? Because those are the questions that are going to be asked of them when they go, at least initially, the first interviews, the first job that they may get. And so when you're having these conversations with them that, well, you know, why is it that you'd like to babysit and get them talking? Because that's going to help them create confidence in themselves. Yes for when they have other interviews in life. Yes. Now, Carmen, have you thought about writing a second part to this book or you think that you have covered everything that can help the young adult? Well, at this point, I I haven't thought about it. I have been asked a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think those askings are like a nudging for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I'd probably have to, you know, go back and and, do do some research on more on young adults 
after they're kind of like out of school and get more of a sense of what they're looking for or needing. Um, because, you know, there could be opportunity. There could be opportunity. Okay. Now, would you be interested in doing like motivational um, speaking to high school or young adults? And Most certainly I am open to that. Yes. Because I know, you know, I look at it from the point of view that these young adults were not taught. A lot of things are not their fault, even though we'd like to think that, you know, it's their fault. They really weren't. And I know that they do absorb what is being said, and it's all in the way that it's presented to them. And um, it gives me great pleasure to inspire someone. I always try to do that in general, that when I meet someone or meet a young person, to inspire them in some way, shape, or form. I think you should do another book. Um, I think there's enough out here. Um, you know, uh, young people are, especially as they get older and to be young adults, um, they're dealing with uh, disappointment, lack of social skills, hard, difficult to make decisions. They don't even know how to make a decision. Taking responsibility and, and apologizing, not just saying my bad and all that kind of stuff, but uh, really apologizing for what they did. Um, and handling success, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think, I think you got another book coming. Yes, I think he just gave <laughs> you I'm enough concerned. topic right there. <laughs> I think he just covered all your topics for you. <laughs> I think that is terrific. Yeah, I would, make, I would take some notes on that. <laughs> yes, I think Mike just gave you a couple topic right there. Yeah, um, but it is, it is so good to have you. I just wanted yes. to invite you. It was a pleasure meeting you. I met you through your brother. I was at a job fair and your brother said to me, oh my goodness, I have the perfect person. You guys will, I gave him my business card and he said, you're a professional life coach? And I said, yes. And he was like, oh my gosh. He said, my sister, he said, and the funny thing is my sister has the same name as you. And you know, I was like, oh, that's great. So I am so glad I was able to connect with you because we're going to be doing good things. You're very spiritual, and I love that about you, and I look forward to working with you. Is there anything else you would like to share with us before we end our taping for today? Well, thank you very much, Carmen. I am very pleased that we did get to meet through my brother, and so I'm so grateful that we've connected and we've met, and Michael, thank you uh, for for what you your suggestions. I will certainly take those to heart. I, I immediately took a pen and started writing it. I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> great. great. Well, it's been uh, a pleasure and uh, God is really blessing you and uh, it's great to have this conversation with you. It's going to help a lot of people. I believe that we're in a time period and we are moving into a world where um, we are we are here to help humanity and um yes. And, and I'm just, I'm very thrilled. I'm very, very, very grateful to both of you. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you, Michael. You're Thank welcome. you very much, Carmen. And we, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Have a wonderful you, holiday. Care. Yes, you too. All Bye-bye right, now. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again.
Thank you.